Today on Sagittarian Matters, screaming at joggers, fantastic fungi, too hot to handle, and more with my very special guest, Jibs Cameron. Stay tuned. Sagittarian Matters, Sagittarian Matters, what's the Dynasty Handbag is the stage name of artist Jibs Cameron. Jibs is a performance and video artist living in Los Angeles, California with her tiny gray chihuahua, Clyde. Jibs was called outrageously smart, grotesque, and innovative by The New Yorker. You can find Jibs and her new show, Masterpiece Weirdo, on Patreon. Or, right now, you can order a set of limited edition pre-stamped postcards by Jibs and some other really great artists as a fundraiser for National Bailout's Support Black Mamas campaign. Go to Dynasty Hammock on Instagram for more information. And these postcards are very special. It is a benefit. I highly recommend it. Okay, now that I've told you about that, I want you to know this. Jibs joined me over the Zoom phone to tell me a story about running into joggers And after that, she will review some of her new favorite trash TV shows and a movie about fungi. Now, please enjoy my talk with friend to the show, Jibs Cameron, also known as Dynasty Handbag. Hi, listeners. As you may or may not know, I enjoyed a moment of virality last month after someone tweeted about me screaming at some of my neighbors for jogging at me without masks. Well, after telling everybody, imagine my surprise when a similar story came right back to me from the lived experience of friend to the show, Jibs Cameron. I'll let her tell it herself, but to set things up for you, Jibs, who has been homebound during the quarantine, met up with her sister to go for a masked walk in a wealthy neighborhood in Pasadena, a rare treat. One thing that may or may not be a critical element to the story is that Jibs was wearing a Rage Against the Machine style Bernie Sanders t-shirt with his photo on the front and on the back a quote, something like, are you willing to fight for someone you don't know as much as you'll fight for someone you do? Bernie 2020. Now let's hear the rest from Jibs. I didn't really think about it, but this might have factored into the story. <laughs> and so we're walking along on the sidewalk and there's it's like a regular sized sidewalk. And then there's like sort of a nice manicured like gravel area before it hits this, the street. Um, and it's like Pasadena. There's like no cars there because a it's there's a quarantine. No one can go anywhere. B, it's Pasadena, so, like, not very many people live there because all the houses are gigantic, so it's, like, a regular neighborhood. Anyway, you know what I'm saying. One house equals, like, seven houses. So, um, basically what I'm saying is that there was a lot of space happening. Um, like, there was a lot of space around for many things, for lots of people to, to, to have an experience that was safe. <laughs> um and we're walking and then I hear like this panting noise and I turned over my right shoulder or no my left shoulder and this was like completely out of the blue I didn't hear this person because we were talking so I didn't hear any footsteps I didn't hear anything and they were panting 
and like really uh really jogging like violently jogging <laughs> like and pant like more like three times like they were straining and um it was like <laughs> but I, I realized that it was um you know it was uh, uh whoops i just woke up the dog um it was um it was like an you know jogging from central casting 101 like an exerting you know like i don't know and then so i looked over and there's like a face in my face like her face was literally right next to my face like 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 really close <laughs> and mouth wide open and um she says to me excuse you like right in my face like excuse you and was she wearing was a mask so, no okay no mask just wide open fucking mouth hole just like <laughs> panting hot air at me it was shocking she was kind of like middle-aged well which means like my age kind of maybe like five ten i'm five ten or i'm five eight she was probably like i don't know shorter she was like five four and um i'm just trying to get get you like the visual of it and she was like wearing like a um like a tennis skirt to jog in and a visor like she looked very normal like painfully normal like she i would have never anyway so she kept uh she said excuse you and she kept jogging a few couple feet in front of us and then i went excuse you and then she turned around and was like jogging backwards um arguing with us and she goes what did you say and i said excuse you and then she's like well when you're on the sidewalk, you're supposed to stay to the right. And this was like, um, like we're not in like New York City. Like there's so much room. I mean, I don't know. It's like if you were jogging behind someone, even in normal non-apocalypse times, you're behind, you're rolling up on someone on the sidewalk. You just go around them. You don't like. I mean, especially if you live in like luxurious Pasadena with like red carpets to like jog around on everywhere and like be. It was just so strange. And then, so she goes, if you're on the sidewalk, and then my sister goes, well, when you're outside, you should wear a fucking mask. And my sister's like, no one to fuck with. She's like a Capricorn rule follower. So, um, she was not having that. And then she was like, she was like, fuck you, bitch. And then (laughs) the lady was, yeah. And then she started flipping us off and then she jogged away, but held up a fuck you finger at like in the to the rear of us you know and then we were just like whoa that was so crazy and i think i might have yelled cunt or fuck you back or something i can't remember what it was it wasn't like a great moment for me because like i didn't have anything like right in my back pocket but we had another chance you see because she she came back around on the second loop um, we walked for more like another half an hour and we kind of discussed it and those interactions can be really jarring and like really fuck up your day and but it was so strange that we just kind of like both let it roll off of us it was so absurd um, because we were so in the right that it didn't you know it was like 
Um, I feel like they get, it makes you really upset when you're, when you're not, when there's like a little bit of doubt about maybe you did, maybe you did fuck up or something. Anyway, um, so then she, um, she comes, she comes back around, but this time she's like heading toward us and we can see her from kind of a distance and we're like, my sister's like, oh no shit, there she is. And I was like, let's just stand in the middle of the sidewalk. And she was like, no, let's walk into the street and show her how it's done. Like, as though, like, you're going to demonstrate how easy it is. And I was like, okay, this is the right thing to do. I wanted to get into it, but I was like, this is right. Just avoid her. But I kept thinking, like, oh, she won. She won, you know? (laughs) And then, um, so we're we're walking by her. She's jogging. We're all, me and my sister are trying to fucking, like, light her on fire with our look. We were just, like, glaring at her. She's glaring back, and then she goes, bitch, under her breath. <laughs> and then I just, like, lost my shit, and I was like, I was like, I started, yeah, I started jumping around and, like, kind of pretending to jog after her, but, like, lifting my knees up really high, and then I put up my dukes like I was, like, the boxing nun, like a cartoon, like a, like a yeah, like a 1940s, like, dog in a boxing ring cartoon. <laughs> And I was like, come at me, bitch, come at me. And I was like, I've never said that before in my life. I was like, and I didn't feel afraid. It was just so silly. And um, I was hoping, I kind of was hoping it would make her laugh in a way, because that was sort of like my whatever. But it didn't make her laugh. She starts screaming more, and then she goes, whatever, lesbians, lesbians! And then she calling out lesbians. And I was like, yeah, correct. Where's the my line? Sister was like, my sister was like, that's the best you can do? So my sister's not a lesbian, but she was like, at least call us dykes. And then um, that was it. And then I realized, like, oh, maybe she was just like, you know, an anti-vaxxer, like, Trump person or something, like, you know, like, she like my shirt. I mean, she definitely. I'm glad that I'm reading correctly out in the world. As a, <laughs> a dyke, I mean, sometimes I wonder, but no, there's no, no doubt about it. Um, and yeah, and then she just like jogged around the corner, and we were just stunned. It was stunning. For me, and then my sister was really upset that she thought we were a couple. Not that she thought we were lesbians, but that she got grossed out because she was like, "I hate it when people think we're a couple. It's so gross." <laughs> but it happens a lot because she does look a little bit dykey sometimes. Anyway, that was the story. How are you doing now? I'm fine. I did. I don't. It wasn't one of my best moments. I haven't like called someone a cunt or a bitch or been like I'm gonna beat your ass in public in a really long time but um but I did feel like there was a menace in the air like I kind of was like oh this is what people are talking about when they're like people are psycho right now because my sister wasn't surprised at all she's like she's like people are fucking assholes right now like they're driving like dicks they're walking around like dicks and uh, I haven't gone anywhere, really. And my neighborhood is pretty chill. Everybody, I haven't seen anything go down in my neighborhood. And then I heard about, like, the thing that happened with you. And then my other friend said she was at Home Depot where a fist fight broke out. And there was police come. 
And then I talked to a bunch of my New York friends and told them this story, and they were like, oh, my God, fucking joggers, the worst. Well, they were like, the worst. The privilege, the, like, just like, this is, I'm getting my exercise. I don't know. And then I also think that, like, my sister and I had a different reaction. Like, her reaction was basically, like, this woman sucks because she's not following the rules. And I was like, you suck because you're a fucking psycho. Like, I don't really care if people follow the rules. The rules are a kind of arbitrary in a way. Like, they, like, I, it's like, what's the courteous thing to do? And then sometimes the rules fall in that category. And sometimes it's, you have to just decide for yourself what's courteous. But, um, I think, yeah, she was mental, but then she's, my sister started being like, you know, she's probably just had it. She's probably just trying to jog and she can't jog and she's going crazy at home. And, you know, she's like, you know, I was like, wow, you're having a lot of compassion for this woman. But yeah, I think people are losing their minds a little bit. But have you ever had like, sometimes I feel like if I have PMS, I have that moment where like, it seems like a car is going to hit me or something. I'm just like, I fucking dare you. I'll jump on the way. I'll jump on the hood of your car and kill you. Like I just yeah. have that feeling where I'm like, I anything anything could happen. Like that's just- what I felt. <laughs> but I wasn't in that state of mind. But I think she was. <clears throat> I had done a meditation that morning, and my sister had done breath work. So we were kind of like rolling. We were just like, it's cool. Even though I did, I I did kind of really wish that she had come at me. I, I just, I want to say my favorite part of this is you lapsing into dynasty handbag completely and putting up your dukes and being like, come at me, bitch. Come on. Like That's what my, uh, my other friends were saying today. They were like, it's like you just needed an outlet for your performance vehicle. And she gave it to you. Like going home and telling her husband. And then this lesbian started going like this. It's... <laughs> leaping around like Peter Pan like I was like I don't know what I I don't know what happened it just took over her husband um, being like that was that sounds terrifying it was lesbians that sounds terrifying well you know good thing Bernie's off the ballot or we that could have been his running mate hey <laughs> um, I would like to ask if you would be that guy nominated me for president after seeing me yes. scream at strangers, I wonder if you would be my vice president. Um, yes, I have nothing to do. All of my events have been canceled lately, so I'm, I'm pr- I would be proud to stump with you, Nicole. Oh, yay. Okay, this is a great ticket. It would be a great ticket. I'll ask you later if you've sniffed any heads or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Traditional campaign things. Hmm. I, I, I haven't done much. Um, Senate. Majority, minority, mm. Uh, mm. Uh, um, uh, filibuster. I wanted to say bed, bed chamber. I don't know. <laughs> I was just like putting words. Yeah, <laughs> Congress, GOP. I don't know. Those are words. GOP, GOP, Congress, bedpan. <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by Emily Helmus, Leah Engel, Rachel Fagan, Elizabeth Storms, Ryan O'Byrne, Kaya Wilson, Mary Pinson, Jill Soloway, Shoshana Ruth Wechter, and Christy Herod. 
If you would like to support Sagittarian Matters, especially producer Chris Sutton, please send $5, $5 million, the amount is up to you, via PayPal to hornetleg at gmail.com. Or, this just in, he's got Venmo, Hell Books. That's H-E double hockey sticks books on Venmo. Thank you for your support, and we look forward to saying your name on the podcast. Producer Ponyo looks forward to it, too. Don't be scared. That's just Ponyo's speaking voice. Jibs, have you watched anything recently that has elated you or elevated your mind in any way and or anything that has deteriorated your brain in any way? Um, well... Let's just say, for the sake of everything, this is a both-and situation, like most things are. Um, I've seen a lot of really, actually, incredible documentaries, which I won't talk about because who wants to hear about quality work? Um, but because Mariah had her film in a documentary film festival in Denmark that had to go completely online, so we got to see all this amazing shit. We also got to see the the documentary about mushrooms the um fantastic fungi i would like recommend enough i would love to know about that that movie well first of all let me say that um anyone involved in the fungi sciences should have their own show because it's all like it's like uh naturalists but they're all kind of geniuses too so there's like a guy sitting there with like a a a Gandalf beard that's spilling over his like t-shirt that has like psychedelic cartoon mushrooms on it and he's like got like a little baseball cap with also a mushroom on it and he's like yeah in the 60s you know when you're doing psilocybin and testing for uh, mental illness and addiction and you know that government stuff is anti-war blah, 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 mushroom blah, fungi. and um they, but the best part about the movie was there was all of this time lapse footage so many so much footage of mushrooms sprouting just like every like and they're just so cute they look like little houses or people and i always really liked mushrooms because they are like a surprise and they're like a bloom but they're not they're like more like a person because they're not an animal and they're not a, a vegetable they're their own thing and let me tell you, are they ever? This is kind of a mushrooms could save us, you know, if only we got on the mushroom truck. Like, is a mushroom kind of an documentary? Is a mushroom an alien? Um, no, a mushroom is like is is like the um, source of life on Earth. Actually, they were here yeah, before. <laughs> Oh, will you tell yeah, me? Well, they were here before the like um, asteroid event or whatever that killed everything. They were here, and then they were also here during that. Like they didn't die out, and then they came back, and they helped facilitate a, a new, a new generation, <laughs> Generation X. We're the new batch. Yeah, we're the new batch, the Catalano generation. Yeah, so they have. They're just amazing and they have all these amazing property i don't i'm like not good with what do you call facts i can remember my emotional responses to things but not exactly 
what the facts are about the mushrooms, but they have, um, but it's incredible. It's an incredible movie. It was very hopeful. Okay. And it's called the secret world of fungi. No, but I like that. You just made that title up. <laughs> I completely thought that that's what it was called. It's called fantastic fungi. You're like, it's called the Mary Potter and the secret world of the fungi and the goblet of the crazy fireman. <laughs> The giblet of fire. Plus fungus. Scary snakes. Yeah, it's good. I re-rented it. I loved it. But other than that, um, the new thing that's, I hope, going to catch fire is um, Too Hot to Handle. And I literally have been every every single one of these garbage people on this show. Um, Will you tell me me the setup of the show? Okay, well, um, it starts... The tropical island paradise vacation <laughs> resort, if you can believe it. That sounds and romantic. Ten sexy singles um, get placed there. And I think I think they're, the premise is they think they're going on like a dating show, but they don't exactly know what it is. But the idea is that they're all like extremely hot and extremely horny. Like they're <laughs> all just like. I don't know how they qualify this, though. Like, I would imagine through their Instagrams or their... I think they're all, like, kind of big Instagram presence people. And most of the women are models of some kind, even if they're just... Like, one of them was like, where do you work? And she's like, um, Instagram. <laughs> they're so dumb. They're, like, the dumb... They're so incredibly dumb. And, um... But then also, half of them are English. It might be an English sleep. It seems like a... Like, it might be English... Because the UK has really good trash TV. And they're like, oh, I'm not like that smart, like intellectually, not that smart intellectually. <laughs> anyway, so they all go there and then um, they meet up and they're like, just looking at, just cruising and just like, I'm gonna fuck, fuck, fuck. And all the guys are like, these babes are so hot. Oh, like a banger. And like, oh, and the women are like, oh my God, he's so ripped. Oh my God, he's totally my type. There's a lot of like my type. I like that. That's like a real um, indicator. That's a real red flag is my type. Um, But then they find out that there's a cash prize of $100,000. To share amongst all of them. To share amongst all of them. So basically they get 10 grand. So basically they get like... $4,000. Yeah, they get... Yeah, after taxes. So they get like... um, Less than, like, the unemployment that we're <laughs> supposed to get, whenever that is. Anyway, um, so then they find out that they actually aren't allowed to kiss or touch each other at all or jerk off. And there's cameras everywhere. And the point is, is that every time they break that law, this robot named Lana, who, like, looks like an upside-down, like, lava lamp, it reminds me a little bit of... Um, out of this world, you know, when the girl had her dad in that, like, crystal thing from outer space, and she would, so, and, and I so, can't believe and the, you remember what that show was called. I think about that show all the time, and it feels like a psychedelic figment of my imagination of a girl and her mom, like, looming over a kitchen table while a crystal glows, and he's like, hey, it's me, dad. That would have been the best dad. Yeah, that was a terrible show, but I really liked the premise of it. 
And I also remember that it was weird because they lived in Santa Barbara. Oh. And I was always like, why do they live in Santa Barbara? I was always very concerned about people lived in the sh- in shows. My only understanding um, of California was Dawn from the Babysitter's Club was from California, where avocados fell off the trees and everyone had blonde hair. Uh, well, look at you. Blonde, covered in avocados. <laughs> it's true. It actually sure. stinks from all the avocados that are just rotting <laughs> around my apartment. Oh, just kidding. It's just concrete. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. That's real. L.A. is very much concrete and avocados. Um, anyway, so this robot who lives in, like, a weird glowing... Um, lava lamp thing is called Lana and she has like a Siri she's like a Siri or a Alexa or whatever and she has an English accent and her name is Lana and she's like hello I'm Lana please make your way to the Palapa and then they all get gather around the Palapa and she like busts people who have like broken the rules and then the money goes down every time somebody like <laughs> gets finger banged or like you know has a make out and they're all just the most shallow, slutty, horrible people. There's one really good character on. I'm not, no spoilers. I won't spoil anything. You, I mean, you could maybe spoil it a little bit. I don't know. If okay. Spoilers would um, keep me from watching it. Well, let me just say that the the point of the show actually is that Lana is helping them grow uh, emotionally, and the point is for them to form a quote unquote real emotional connection. And so, so when they do well, they get, um, well, I won't tell you, but they get rewarded for when they, when the robot who lives in like a plastic cone feels that they have made like some sort of advancement in their emotional intelligence. It's like you used an I statement. You get a lifetime supply of Twizzlers. (laughs) That would be amazing. (laughs) It's a little more vague than that. But the best part of the show is they have to do some workshops. So they have to, they have a lesbian come in as a consultant. They have a lot of LA consultant types wearing like loose pants, and you know they. I mean, I that is definitely nothing I want to spoil for you, but that's the best part of it. The men do some like sensitivity training and like get in touch with their emotions, and it's disgusting. And there's one part where this woman. Okay, so they have to, like, write, to pair up, and then they have to tell the person they're paired with all the worst names that they've been called, and then that person's to write them all over that per- the other person's body in, like, paint. And then there's, like, one girl's, and then they get interviewed, and they're little, like, candid camera things, and she's just sitting there on a couch, and she's got, like, the word cow on her chest. She just got. I don't know. Like, I really feel like um, this is like doing me a lot of good because, like, I've been hurt before, and like sticks and stones, you know. But like sticks and stones, like hurt, and like words hurt too, and like they can hurt you. <laughs> and she just like it just says cow. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's okay if you need me to put like a like a thing before the episode that says like spoilers ahead. Yes, burners ahead. Well, but I'm not spoiling it too much. Um, <laughs> but it's 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 worthwhile. And what happens if does anyone actually bone each other? I mean, if people know they're going to lose money anyway, and they call it like Jibs, you will call it jerking off in the shower. 
you lose $25,000. Yeah, they get called out. Um, there's, like, drama because there's one hoe that's particularly, like, can't... I mean, this is the thing, though, is that it's, like, everybody on the show is a sex and love addict. And asking, just at, talking for a friend, it's very easy to see why that makes good TV. And... Like, there's one person who, it's like, most of the people don't really just, they don't want to fuck, they just want to be engaged in limerence. And that's, like, such an interesting thing to see happen, because uh, they're not sexual, they don't seem sexy to me at all. Like, they're just, they just seem like they just want something to do or think about. And, um... When I yeah so yes I've been I've been most of the people on that show too. <laughs> yeah, sticks and stones. You know what I found out? Sticks and stones they can hurt. Words can hurt. Sticks and stones sometimes don't hurt. Sometimes they just they bounce right off you. But words actually <laughs> do hurt. It's the opposite. Whoever made that up is you know stupid and idiot. Um, yeah, there's like real fucking. There's some. There's lots of drama. Um, there's also this weird thing with bikinis now where they like cover just the middle nipple and then the the top and like the bottom part of the tit hangs out what? but it's like a stop it's like a style what do you mean you like a I mean? like it's just like a piece of tape yeah it like looks like a um you know what do you call that a sensor bar and then that's so the whole bikini they all wear thongs. They're all just naked, basically, the whole time. And, I mean, you can see people's, like, puss. Like, they'll be, like, bending over, and you see the little puss package, and you're like, this is so intense, you know? And they all have, like, a gazelles and gazelles of contouring makeup. And they look busted when they wake up. It's awesome. You get to see them without makeup and stuff. They all sleep in the same room. That part's crazy. Disgusting, and they're not allowed to go in the ocean because that's what they can wank in there. They unsupervised. I don't know what I would do. I think someone would. The people would narc me out. They'd be like, uh, "Nicole's moving around on the carpet a little more <laughs> than I'm comfortable with." And Nicole says she's watching TV on a stomach, but I don't believe it. <laughs> I mean, I I guess they want to do. I guess they want to have sex. I think if I was around, I would. That yeah, that would be a bad situation. Um. I don't think you could really, even if you didn't want to have sex with anyone that was there, if you were just looking at naked people all the time, you'd probably be thinking about it. If you're just thinking about ass and titties, because they're just in your face. Speak, talking for a friend. Speaking for a friend. Speaking <laughs> for a friend. Speaking for a disgusting, perverted, lesbian friend. <laughs> I'm Kaya Wilson, and you're listening to Sagittarian Matters with Nicole J. Georges and producer Anya. Um, Jibs, do you have any other recommendations for us? Now the shows are so cheap that they don't even... It's like there's there was just like a robot in, as the host now. I think and they couldn't even afford like Nick Lachey. They couldn't even afford like a lower tier like... I'm Nick Lachey, obvious. Yeah, like... Like... <laughs> like Early, like, mid-2000s kind of, like, D-list reality celebrity who's, like, making a comeback. They couldn't even get, like, Dr. Drew's cousin or whoever. No. 
or what's his name from Saved by the Bell? Oh, Mario Lopez? Yeah. No um, way. No, I guess he's he's top tier. Um, yeah, it's just, and I think it's interesting too that like the reality shows now are like about limited experiences and being real. Like that's kind of what it's like that show The Circle was like all about like who's being real and who's being fake, but yet you're all on a reality show about Instagram presence. And then this is like having a real experience versus having an inauthentic experience and how to quantify that and how it's like such a ridiculous concept if it's on TV. Don't people know that TV is not real in any way? Even if it's real, it's not real. God. You don't get chosen for a reality show because of your authenticity. You get chosen for a reality like, I show. Think it's weird that that's the premise. That's like, like we're moving into this very strange moment where there's all this like limitation. Like with Love Is Blind, like you can't see anyone before you can't see them, you know. And then this one is like you can't touch anyone. Um, and then the circle was you couldn't see anyone either. I don't know the plot of the circle. They're all just like stuck in this shitty apartment building with these TVs and they're trying to like hook up with you like over the TV, but you can have like an avatar that's not you. And then everyone like judges whether they think you're like real or not by by your texting. And they just shout at the TV as though they're texting. So they have to like voice text. So they're like, What's the name of their robot? It's not like... It's called like Amanda or something. They're like, Amanda, text to at um, Tracy. Super stoked to get your text. Can't wait to text. Wait, wait, wait. No. Super stoked to get your text. Let's chat hang soon. Firecracker emoji, heart emoji, heart emoji. Lightning bolt. Send. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do if you have a misspelling? Oh, God, this is my nightmare. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. I, I would recommend the circle, though. It's, it's, um, it is the dreg. It looks like so, the dregs. Yeah, it's bad. Well, it's interesting that Netflix has these kind of like, it's like highbrow in the way where they're like, okay, we know reality shows work. We know love on reality shows works. But people are getting cynical about it after Unreal slash The Bachelor slash like yes. all the the mayhem that's happened there. So let's pretend like it's high minded and we're doing a social experiment and these geniuses have to like solve this riddle doing a social experiment. We're finding out if love is really blind. Like right. that's my paper that's getting peer reviewed right now. Is love really blind? Is love blind? Like no. that show was um yeah also like everyone was the same like quality type of person like in terms of the aesthetic yeah and the only variance was race and then it seemed like that was the undercurrent of being and height for men yeah and that was the undercurrent of the whole thing was that it was this weird sort of like are you saying like 
is interracial blood like it was it, it felt very like old-fashioned or something like they were trying to say something that they weren't saying do you know what i mean yeah and that like because it's not like love is blind and they were all like different shapes and sizes and different abilities you know, different abilities different like that kind of demographic was you know they had a little bit of like socioeconomic differences but it wasn't like anyone was like extreme you know they were all generally like the bachelor bachelorette dating wad yeah so they yeah it was love blind but i don't think they did a very good test no no um but I do want to say a couple things, which was that girl, what was her name? Giovanna? Gia? G? Oh, um. Gia Gigi? She seemed, yeah, she Gigi. seemed, she seemed like in another life she could be a lesbian. I felt like in another life she oh, could be yeah. like an LA lesbian with some kind of like daddy, yeah. daddy butch person. Yeah, yeah. And like always causing lots of drama. Like has already been gay married like three times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and loves drama and like that but then like her like butch person would be into that and then they would leave the club and be like oh i would go caretake you and then they yeah. could like go work it out exactly like yeah no i see that totally because you don't believe for a second that she was into that guy that like, she was i mean he was it was disgusting. <laughs> he was a hideous person he was a troll he was like a Oh my god, that guy was so gross. Was he the person who was like, "I'm I'm whole now that I have you," or was that the guy that rapped? Maybe the rap, the guy that rapped for the girl's mom is the one that was like, "I used to be half a person, and then I met you, and now I'm seventy five percent a person." Now I'm two quarters of the way there. <laughs> um, like the person no. who owned a house with extra rooms in it, just in case he ever met. Oh, that was him. that was the rapper, the white rapper guy. That was so intense. And then, like, the bisexual guy who had such an anger management problem, who was like, I'm I'm bisexual. And then he was like, fuck you. And the lady was like, why are you being such an asshole? I just need a minute. And he's like, you can't accept me and my authenticity. And he was wearing a hat that said, daddy. The hat choice was very unfortunate. And then unfortunate. He, he made fun of her hair as she left. And I was like, what are you doing? That's so mean. You're not endearing yourself to anyone here. No, that guy was a hot mess. Yeah, he seemed like, um, I, yeah, that, that was actually great, though, because she was amazing. I was like, I'm glad you showed your true colors because this woman is rad and you are fucking, like, I don't know, he seemed like a 12-year-old. Jibs, thank you for talking to us about TV and about your Anytime. your jogger story. Hopefully we'll both be on the Wall Street Journal. I hope so. I I gave the report. The reporter called me and then she said, let me know if you have any more incidents. Ooh. And so then I've been writing her and being like, well, every day I leave my house in Silver Lake. There are people jogging and wa- speed walking at me without masks on. And so all day I'm muttering or scolding or yelling or just like, get the fuck away from me. Get the fuck away from me. Like I just something's always going on. It's not me screaming, fuck all of you, get away from me. But anyway, so then she wrote me and she's like, well, let me know if you have any other friends that are similar, have similar strong feelings. And I was like, well, as a matter of fact. Yeah, she wrote to me. Oh, she did? And yeah, and I said, yeah, happy to talk to you. I kind of want her to talk to my sister too, because 
my sister would more like tell her why it is why why it's really wrong well, basically, when she was talking to me, she was like, so do you think people just shouldn't jog? Like, what do you think? What's... And I'm like, I don't have a anti-exercise stance. I just, play. you know, the plague isn't fun for anyone. Their kind of exercise is not more important than my exercise. Like, it's just, I know it's uncomfortable, but this whole thing's uncomfortable. This whole thing sucks for everyone. I saw your jogging in the street today. I was like, good on you. He wasn't wearing a mask, but I was like, I don't care. You're in the middle of the street. Well, that's the so. thing. If you're like 20 feet away from somebody, it's different than if you're on the sidewalk. Just be like. <laughs> she looked like a zombie that was about to eat my face from that show Kingdom on Netflix. I never saw that show. <laughs> it's a Korean zombie show. Ooh. And um, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was really intense. Um, but I think I already had Sharona, so maybe I'm immune. Knock on wood. Knock on wood. I hope so. All right, Jibs. All right. Good to see you. Good to see you. As usual. Sagittarian Matters is produced by Chris Sutton with assistance by Ponyo Georges. Our theme music is composed by Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs of the band Bouquet. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next time. have an advice question for Sagittarian Matters, call or text our advice hotline, 971-361-9998. Leave a message. We might answer your question on the air, and we promise not to answer the phone. That is a Sagittarian promise that you can take all the way to the bank.